Hey guys, and welcome to the Life Oasis podcast. My name is Chaim Golazer, grief recovery specialist located in Brooklyn, New York. My name is Mati Chain, life coach located in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome to today's episode. With me today is the modern day agent, Joe Brickman. Joe, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Joe. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming out. I appreciate you hitting me up, letting me know you're in town. It's pretty cool. been listening to your episodes, and it's amazing to have that opportunity. A little bit about me. Well, I grew up in Crown Heights, did the regular yeshiva thing until I was about 18. When I was 18, I left the whole yeshiva thing and uh, moved on down to Florida. Started off a little rough and, uh, you know, worked through a lot of things that had to be worked through. Started refining myself, getting better at, at my game and f- ultimately figuring out what my purpose was. And, uh, you know, here we are. Also totally forgot to mention that you're an author of a book, which I actually find really, really cool. I haven't read it myself yet. I do have to get a copy. But you want to tell us a little bit about just writing your own book, how that was for you? Yeah, sure. Writing a book was something that I had really set my sights on a few years ago. Never really had the clarity or just the peace of mind to be able to really decide what what I wanted to put out there. Writing, publishing a book and then going down on paper, it's a little different than putting things out online. It's a lot harder to take that back once you've published. So it was very important to me to have very clear and consistent messaging throughout the book where people can understand what my purpose was with writing out the book without, you know, getting confused or being able to take any derivatives out of it that wasn't any intention with the book. So being able to do all of that and bring it and publish it ultimately in February was was phenomenal. I haven't really done any official book launches other than one little book party online, but somehow managed to sell well over 1,400 copies just being available on platforms on my website, fixingbrokenthebook.com on Amazon. And it's been just very humbling to see that there are so many people that are interested in, in a book title called Fixing Broken, which, you know, to me really represents a lot of my journey and the path that I've set out on. And to have the people reach out as they complete the book, which definitely make sure you get a copy, will, you know, ultimately has me thinking, you know, what what else is there out there that I can share where other people can benefit from? And the, the whole purpose of this journey in life, it's, it's called a journey for a reason. You know, a lot of people, when they go to somewhere, they leave a review on TripAdvisor, they leave a review on Google. So putting and sharing your life experiences out in, in a way where people are able to access them, to be able to learn from them, is a phenomenal way to be that trip advisor throughout the journey by personal experience. That's awesome. You're, you mentioned you talk about your journey. Could you tell us just a little bit about it? Like give us a little glimpse into your journey. Sure. I mean, it's been, when I say journey, it's it's a lot a much easier way to just compound everything. I guess we'll go back to, I left Yeshiva when I was 18. I, I moved down here to Florida, had a lot of issues getting established in the beginning and throughout going through this process of being homeless in a sense by choice and going through that journey of really internalizing that, learning how to fend for myself and being able to pick up life skills from other people who I had never really met and learning to appreciate the here and now for for what it is has led me on this path of being able to face every adversity that's thrown my way and just be able to pivot from it where whatever it is that I'm facing just boils down to 
me really removing myself from the current situation and being able to focus on what the end of all of it is. And the only way to really be able to focus on what the end is, is by understanding that it's a process. And the word process is something that people just automatically turn off to and something that if you call it a process, you tune out very easily. Everybody knows this, how many people have read their employer's handbook, right? So when you find other ways to really explain it to yourself of what's going on, it makes it a lot easier to, to enjoy it because ultimately on road trips, on journeys, on excursions, you like to enjoy yourself. So being able to really compound all of that to appreciate that it's more than just the here and now, but ultimately it is the here and now that defines the next step. At the same time, you don't always have to take yourself so seriously and you can focus on things that are just bigger than what seemingly now the most pressing issues. If it won't matter in five years, then don't spend more than five minutes. I love that. And I mean, I struggle with this myself a lot is like when you're going through something and you just want to, you want to see the results as soon as possible. You know, I think you don't even care about the current situation. You're like, what's my result? Tell me what I'm going to be in five years. Don't tell me what I'm going to be in five minutes. And you have to take yourself and you have to speak to yourself and be like, what do I want done? And what's a reasonable like timeline? of how it could be done because nothing in life takes a day. I mean, certain things do, but like, you know, if you're working on yourself, especially, it shouldn't be taking a day. Yeah, 99% of the things that you're going to do are going to require a consistent effort in order to bring that to reality. How many times have people suggested to you to make a podcast until you actually went and started doing a podcast, right? And not to call you out on it, it's just like, you know, that th that's the case in point. Like, that's, that's how it is. We, we live in what I call the Amazon Prime Now culture, which is this thing that, you know, by the time you hit order now on the Amazon app, you're already, like, checking your ring doorbell to see when the delivery driver is going to be there and drop off your package, which, like, ultimately is really cool that we have technology to be able to do that. But at the same time, think of the long-term ramifications to something like that. Like once upon a time, you'd place an order through a catalog that got delivered to your house that took two weeks to get delivered from when they mailed it out. And then when you placed the order, you called on the phone and you gave a credit card and you hoped that, you know, in a month from now, a package will show up because that package had to be put on a container and it took time. And if it came in a month, it came in two months, you were just happy that you got the delivery. Right now it's like, two days and four hours and you're like, yo, what's going on over here, man? I want a refund. And it's like, you know, there's, there's so much of this sense of entitlement where people are like, what do you mean? You know, I just did X, Y, and Z. And you're like, okay. And like, that's, that's great. Good, good for you. Amazing that you were able to get that done. But, but where are you holding in terms of the longer term, bigger picture of things? You know, a lot of people have been reading books like the four hour work week, right? And like other different books where essentially the whole point of the book is how can you work less and make more money? Well, dude, I, I got a secret to tell you. If you work less, you ain't going to make more money. That's just how it works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people have made a lot of money selling books to tell you how to work less. But really, the only person who ends up working less is them because they just got to become a New York Times bestseller. And then, yeah, you know, they've made their money. So it's like that book that's listed on Amazon, how to make a quarter million dollars in one transaction. The book is listed for a quarter million dollars. It's the same exact thing. You know, like 
are you gonna are you gonna like look at what everyone else is doing and be like yeah you know they just went viral and they just got famous this they just got pictures with this person they just did videos with that person they just sold that to that person or or are you gonna look at the yo they've been working on that for six months until the one time they happened to be at the spot that it all worked out you know or they spent five thousand dollars in the last six months to try and get something going and the one little dollar they spent on this was that one client you know like people won't talk about that people want to talk about the look at me look at what i got look at what i'm doing but people won't talk about the the deep dark stuff because it doesn't like match with the vibe you know and and if people don't feel that vibe then ultimately people are scared that they're going to lose you know business or followers or things like that if they don't portray a certain image and really like that's not that's not what it's about like the image that you portray is going to attract the people that you're supposed to do business and that's just going from personal to business real quick for a second but like ultimately it all boils down to the same thing i'm sure a majority of the people listening to this podcast would like to consider themselves some sort of an entrepreneur i don't i don't like that word i, li I like the word self-started you know it's it's a little more cleaner than than some overused words that can really be used to define anyone and anything in today's day and age so you know being being a self-starter it's very easy to get distracted from everything else that's going on all the other shiny objects that are out there and and you need to realize that you know ultimately it took amazon from 2000 until 20 almost 22 to get to where they are today right so just i'm using that because i've been we were talking about something before but that's that's really you know where it's at we're in this prime now where if you realize that in order to get to prime now you first have to go through the garage stage and the mini warehouse stage and the you know, living in an apartment and living out of your car and living on the beach and all that other things that make up your journey until you can go and, you know, really start reaping that type of benefit and seeing seeing a success. Ultimately, if you look at success, I mean, success can be defined in many different ways, right? The fact that you go through your daily routine in and of itself can be considered a success. So, you know, really it boils down to like, what is what does it all mean, mean to you? You know, you would need to personalize what all of that looks like and not just you know oh yeah five thousand followers you know five thousand views whatever it is. like it's it's more than more than just that yeah and what you said before about like the constant growth i relate to that so much when i was becoming religious i i started keeping shabbos started keeping kosher i started davening and i was like oh i'm here this is exactly it i'm fully religious until i realized that it's about waking up every day and continuing to be religious continuing to put in the work the work never stops it still hasn't stopped and also with like my mental health the work doesn't stop you continue every single day and you have to continue every single day to keep moving forward in order to keep moving forward you have to put in work as much as possible in your day-to-day -day life yeah man that's a fact it's maintenance man you know one of the one of the big things that i learned when i got my pilot's license was that in addition to just checking oil and checking fuel and checking you know your brakes and everything every block of miles and you know at least once a year you have to bring a plane in for an annual inspection doesn't necessarily mean that anything is wrong with the plane but you still need to bring the plane into a shop that's going to take the whole plane apart go through every single piece and certify that the plane can still fly now this is with a plane even if the plane is in perfect condition no, no matter what that plane needs to be brought into the garage so if you think about that for a second, you know, if a plane 
needs to go to a garage at least once a year to get checked out. Minimum of 40 hours need to be spent on the plane in order to get checked out. And this plane isn't like doesn't have a brain, doesn't have feelings, doesn't have emotions or anything like that. Then, you know, people like us should de should definitely be in the shop more than, you know, just once a year. And the shop can mean many different things across many different angles. But ultimately, it's the idea of, you know, self-care is extremely, extremely important and should be an integral part of, you know, your maintenance process. Now, self-care can mean and look in, in a lot of different things. But ultimately, the purpose of self-care is to stay congruent within your your own process and, and your own journey. So to be able to audit yourself, I like to reverse engineer that because a lot of people get overwhelmed with the amount of information that is required in order to get better. And the only way to really do that is to take a, a step and just stop for a second and take a step back and see what you have going on in order to actually dig deep and, you know, do self maintenance because we don't really have like a diagnostic system to be able to like really get a, a solid read on what's going on. You know, obviously we have personality tests and psychologists and therapy and methods and, and strategies and, and whatnot. But like ultimately the only person who can actually be like straight up honest with yourself is, is you and you need to be able to focus on the things that you're capable of instead of the things that you're currently looking at as struggles because it's very very easy to get like overwhelmed with the struggles that you might face or the struggles that you're facing or the things that you're looking at right now that are standing in front of you you know like keeping shabbos is is a is a phenomenal form of self-expression to show yourself how you believe and what you believe and what you want to do. But just because you're keeping Shabbos doesn't necessarily mean that for, you know, the rabbi, rabbi, whoever that rabbi is to you, right, will accept that as you being considered religious. But it's not important that someone else sees you in your current state of being as the way that they want you to be. None of that makes a difference. What makes a difference is that you, in your current state of being, are happy with who you are in your current state of being. And that's like a process that some people takes a really, really long time to be able to start accepting that and, and realizing that when we're kids, we think that everybody's like looking at us, right? And as you grow up, you realize that only certain people are looking at you. And then as you get older, you realize ultimately no one was actually looking at you. And when you go through like those stages, if you can go through those stages earlier in life and really like internalize that, then it doesn't make a difference when you're down for maintenance or when you're up in the air killing it or, you know, when you're struggling or what you're doing, because ultimately it's you just doing you and it's not really clouded by anybody or anyone else's opinion. It's just something that you, at the end of your day, when you sit down and you audit your day to make sure that you're maximizing it, you can look and you can say, yo, I did that. And a lot of people don't even give themselves the opportunity to, to be able to do that because they're just so focused on what they did or did not or what they couldn't or what they should have or, or even worse, what, what someone else did. You know, instead of just looking and saying, hey, 
I I did this. Yay me. I mean, that has so much to do with like self-gratitude, self-love and just being there for yourself. That is like that is like such an important thing is just to be there for yourself, love yourself and be honest with yourself. I had a friend come over to me, he told me that he was in therapy and he said, I've been in therapy for three months and I see absolutely no results. Therapy is a scam. And I was like, okay, did you do the work? And he's like, what do you mean? I went to a therapist. That was the work. I'm like, there's so much work that comes after the therapy that you have to do in order to, to heal. You can't just heal from going to therapy. You need to actually put in the work, do the steps, do whatever you have to do to get to where you want to be. Because if you want to just sit down and be like, oh, well, I'm not there. Good for you. I mean, self-loathe. I mean, yeah. Like, dude, listen, therapy is like very open, <laughs> like too open. You know, everyone and their mom now is a coach of some sort, which like I'm not hating on coaches. I think coaches are awesome. The right coaches anyways are awesome. Those who have proven results and track records and things like that. But when it comes to like therapy... Just talk about that a second. I mean, I've done well over 50 hours of EMDR and lots of other different types of therapies that have led me up to that. So I've been through like all of the, you know, desensitization stuff for abuse and trauma and, and all these different, you know, everyone comes out with different things and new certifications and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I did a lot of that. I spent a lot of money on that. My first 100000 that I made, like as a person, most of that went to therapy really just trying to figure out what was wrong with me but like two things so number one not always is something wrong with you and not always does something have to be wrong with you in order to go to therapy and and number two is that therapy is more than just sitting down in front of somebody on a casting couch with a box of tissues and then you know throwing out that last tissue getting up walking out you know getting that notification he builds your credit card and just moving on with your life until next week like that's dope if if that, that works for you but 99.9% .9 of regular people won't, won't have any success from something like that other than just paying somebody to listen to. is cool but like at the same time the purpose of therapy is really to be able to grow and be able to consistently see yourself going to that next level which again boils down to this thing that you cannot go to the next level if you don't know what you're leveling up for so think about the first time you were introduced to a Game Boy in elementary school Right, you realize that you have to beat one level in order to get to the next level. And then every level you go, eventually you have a master, and then you have to work your way through it. Now, after you've played Mario enough times, ultimately you knew where all the cheat codes were in order to be able to get through the game. So when you played Super Mario for your buddy who just bought the new game, you were able to work him way all the way up to the master that he wanted to play, and then you beat the game. Now, you were able to do that because you know the game already. Now, for you, this is not really a game it's more of you just mastering this process in order to be able to get through it so you know exactly what to do now imagine you were able to go backwards because now you know where everything is so imagine you were just able to go backwards and backtrack through everything and not only that you can take other people with you and you can show them as you're like reversing through everything so now when they go through it they actually just know what to press because they've already seen you doing it now, this is like, it's called reverse engineering, right? Which is a pretty common method of doing things in general. But when you give yourself permission to do that with your life, you will find a huge amount of like stress and anxiety of the future just sort of disappear, especially if you write it all down.
because if you like put out your big goals on paper and you write them down and you plan things out, then the only thing that is really waiting for you to do is to go from step one complete to step two complete to step three complete to step four complete until you complete the whole checklist. That's something you can only do if you really know what, what you want to do and how you want to do it. Going back to the plane a second, before you take off and before you land, there's a pre-flight checklist and there's a pre-landing checklist. No matter how long you've been flying, every single pilot still uses that checklist. No matter what, no matter the size plane, for two reasons. Number one, a checklist is extremely important. You need to know what you're doing and you need to make sure that you've went through everything because a plane is a very, very dynamic machine and you need to make sure that every piece is working properly. But on top of that, no matter how long you've been doing this for, you're still using the same checklist and you're going through the same thing just as if it was the first time you were in an airplane because it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter how many times you've thought to yourself, I'm gonna make a hundred grand this year, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna move here, I'm gonna find that. I want to do that, but it's all in your head. So the second, and we've all done this, I've done this too. The second something else comes up that looks like, hey, you know, for example, a budget thing, right? This is in the budget. Oh, I forgot I said I was going to put away $700 a month. And I forgot I was going to put money into the stock market. And I forgot I was going to do this. And I forgot I was going to pay this off or pay down this bill. Instead, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I'll do that next week. Or yeah, I'll do the next paycheck. And all of a sudden, it's you look at yourself in six months and you're like, what happened? Where did everything go? Where did time go? And then you realize, well, it went to the Jets game and it went to the Miami vacation and it went to the, you know, and on and on and on the list, which, again, it's not a problem if you choose to live like that. But then don't turn around and say, hey, I'm not getting any results because you're not doing anything that would warrant any result. So it's really a matter where where you want to end up. And if there's one thing that you can take away from this would be to grab a paper and write down those three, four things that you want to do and you want to accomplish this year. And then next to each one of those four things, write down what you have to do every month in order to accomplish those. Write down what you have to do every week in order to accomplish those. And then every week you should be writing yourself out a task list of things that you need to do in order to accomplish those goals. For those of you that are listening that are involved in real estate or in mortgages or in private lending or anything like that, right? If you want to make $200,000 in a year, you know that on average you have to be closing three or four deals a month, right? So if you're going to be closing 30, 40 deals a year, then you know that you can probably end up hitting your income goal because then you'll take your commission amount and you'll divide that by how much money you want to actually make. So then you'll know how many units you have to move. Very easy strategy. And it doesn't take that much time. And the second you figure that out, you can automatically look and say, hey, are the things that I'm doing right now bringing me closer to where I want to go? Or are these things pulling me farther away? And the second that you have it all on paper, whenever you have this little gray area, you can always look on what's black and white and make sure that what you're doing is black and white. So I actually love that. I really do. And one thing which I do love saying whenever I mention checklists or self-growth or anything like that, there will be a time where you're going to fall. It happens to all of us. We all fail. We all fall. Happens to the best of us. Happens at the right times, the wrong times, whenever it happens. But you have to know how to pick yourself up and continue going because you're going to fall. It, you, no one in life is perfect. We're all, we all have our little imperfections. We all have our little flaws. We have stuff like that. And you have to understand that when it comes to working on yourself, 
It's going to be scary. You're going to want to give up. You probably will fail, but you have to continue pushing forward. No one in the world is perfect, but you are perfect in your world. So yeah, you're right. I mean, you're going to fail, but like, how do you define failure? Is failure, this didn't work out or yo, I just learned another way to not do business. Like you can either fail or you can learn. And sometimes they're just expensive mistakes. What I'm getting at is that it's really a matter of perspective. I mean, is the cup half full or is the cup half empty? Well, it depends what's inside the cup, right? So if you're going to want to sit on the failure, then I mean, dude, like let's have a competition, right? Because I was 21 years old until everything took off. I was literally on the verge of bankruptcy. Like I didn't have many basic things, but I just kept going. You know, I got up, I got dressed. I went to the meetings, scheduled the deals, got the installs and got paid and did it again and again and again until... I was able to show myself that, you know what? Yeah, I'll lose a deal. And yeah, I'll mess up today, but I got tomorrow. And not only that, after I messed up today, what is like 11 o'clock in the morning, you still have your 12 o'clock, your one o'clock, your two o'clock, your four o'clock, your five o'clock. You can still go close five more. How did you deal with that? You know, there were failures in your life. There's time where we fail in lessons, all our lives. Lessons. There's the lessons, lessons we have to learn. <laughs> what continuously pushed you to continue doing what you were doing? In the beginning, what pushed me was spite, which obviously wasn't sustainable. But yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was really just a matter of like, they said I can't and I can. So watch me and deal with it. Like that, that was the approach in the beginning. But like right now, dealing with adversities honestly it's really just a matter of looking at myself in the mirror and and visualizing the joe brickman of 2026 and seeing if what i'm doing right now is still putting me on a trajectory to get there because like this last 12 months have been you know a big journey for lack of a better way to say it. And going through that journey, there are a lot, and there were a lot of times that I'm sitting here looking at myself and I'm like, yo, what, how weird. Trying to make sense of all of it and, and really just trying to, you know, figure out what and the how and, and the where. And ultimately, what it really boiled down to was me getting like super real with myself and being able to look at myself and say, hey, this is where I want to be. This is how I see myself getting there. This is not going to bring me there. So cut it. And not just from that end, but also knowing, you know, when and how to reach out for support, which I mean, both of these things are double edged swords because there's a time and a place for the both of them. And overusage of either one of them is, is not really going to do much good. But learning the how and the when is extremely, extremely important in being able to navigate through all of this. So, you know, going back to the self-care that we were talking about before, it's extremely important that when you are in a transition stage of where you're dealing with an adversity you're dealing with something that you know is a little spike strip in the road being able to have this paper to be able to come back to 
and realign yourself with is an extremely helpful tip and tool, an effective tool to be able to use to to keep yourself on track because ultimately we, we can't control the dynamics external to us other than ourselves and the dynamics that we put in place. So your like way to anchor yourself down is by having this this sort of weight, this massive goal that not just motivates you, but that it 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 pushes you and propels you with a purpose because motivation is phenomenal, but like motivation works for your first thing or the first no or the first I'm not sure I'll think about it or hey I'll be back. Or that was really, really nice, but I think we're gonna wait a minute and we're gonna try and compare all of our options before we make a decision like this. You know, how do you how do you deal with that? Well, when you have this list and you track your performance, then you're able to pull out like a statistic and you're able to see, hey, one out of every ten people we call picks up the phone. One out of every five of those people is actually interested in talking to us. And one out of every five of those people actually end up spending money with us. So then you can see how much money each one of those people are costing you to generate as a lead. You can see what you can do to make the conversion rate higher with a lower turnaround time. And you can start tweaking out your process to sort of figure out how you can get a better cost per lead, how you can get better conversions, how you can get better retention. But ultimately, you can only do that if you know what you're tracking your statistics for. So until you have need sheet, until you have those key data entry points, and until you have that ultimate list as to how many conversions are we trying to get, how much is it costing us per conversion, and what else are we doing to get better and faster and quicker there, then there's no way to be able to audit yourself. There's no way to self-care because you don't know what you're caring about. Well, you want to go sit and smoke a joint? like watching the sunset in upstate New York by the water, like that's dope. But is that like bringing you closer to where you want to go? And is that boat ride that you're taking also going to bring you closer to where you want to go? Or are you just going to be able to post on Instagram? Or are you getting on a boat with other people who could potentially help you get better and closer to where you want to go? Two of the very same activities with two very different outcomes. The only way that you can really define which outcome you're going to get is by following the map. Wow. I mean, I've known you for, I think, nine years almost, eight years. It's been a while. And I'm just like, I'm looking back to the person I met originally. And I'm looking at you now. It's completely different people. I mean, your list must have been amazing. And you probably checked off a lot of it. And I'm pretty sure there's still more that you have to check off on your list. But it's just incredible to see the growth that you went through. I mean, it's just amazing. It really, really is. I mean, dude, listen, the me of seven, eight years ago was like I said, you know, you come out of a spot where you're just compressed and condensed into something that needs to fit. And it's either you fit or you don't. If you don't fit, then, you know, there really isn't anywhere to go. But if you're like consistent and actually still good in some things, then there's nowhere to go. But at the same time, we don't know what to do with you and like you know it, it makes it it makes it really hard in, in general my theory is to you know how schools were created was there were two farmers and one of them got sick of teaching his kids so he decided to pay the other farmer to teach his kid and he would mow his field and eventually one guy 
found out that the other farmer had taken over this guy's field and he said, hey, I'll help you with your field if, if you teach my kid too. And he said, sure. And eventually the guy had a whole room filled with kids and he was teaching them and everyone else was working his field. But ultimately the guy was a farmer. So how was he able to decide who's smart and who's not? He graded them. Just like there's grade A, B, and C of meat, he graded people. Grade A, B, and C. You do this, you do that, you do that. Because when you have so many people in one room, obviously the dumb guy of the town is going to have dumb kids and the smart guy of the town is going to have smart kids. And ultimately there was just a way that they had to sort of differentiate them. And the only way to do that was by labeling them, which is like our society today. You know, it's either you're an A, B, or C student and either you're fit this category or fit that category or fit that category. But if you go buy your own farm, you can do whatever you want. You don't, you don't need anybody's help. So like, that's, that's what it is. You know, it's like all the people who are like looking at the eggs and they see one egg that's plated in gold, but all the other eggs are white and they're laughing at the gold egg and they're saying, ha, you're different. They don't realize that it's a golden egg. They're just laughing at the fact that it's different. And that's how 99% of everybody looks at things right now. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner it's easy to sidestep that and let everybody else keep running. But like you can you can just stop where where you want. I mean, if you look at the highway, right, you stop whenever you stop. And if you've ever road tripped, you always know how you find that one car who's also crazy like you and doing 95 on the highway. And you're like, oh, how, how long is this going to go for? Right. Until eventually, like he pulls over at the gas station. You're like, oh, I don't want to stop. But like you have like 100 miles left in your, and you're like, you know, I want to pull over. Right. And then you say hello and you meet him and whatever. And it's cute. But then you get back in your car. And the guy's no, nowhere to be seen. Right. So all of a sudden you're not going to speed that quickly. Now you're just going to start all over again. Right. Now, that's a great, great theory for like the process, because you're going to start out on the highway and you'll be in traffic and you'll have to look at some other people's accidents. Hey, you may even have a close call yourself. Somebody will cut you off and somebody will ultimately inspire you to speed a little bit and to throw caution to the wind. And then eventually you'll have to pull over because reality will hit and then you'll have to start all over again. But hey, the destination is still in your GPS. So you can always go back and hit resume. You know how maps ask you, are you still heading to your destination? Yeah, you are. You, you're still going there. You just took a stop. And yeah, sometimes on a road trip, your stop can be 30, 40 minutes if you're stopping at Bucky's or at some fun place. So It'll add another hour to your journey. doesn't mean you're going to turn around now and you're going to head home because there's another hour to your journey. You're going to keep driving. And if you get a flat tire, you'll call AAA and you'll figure it out. But you'll still keep going and you'll still keep heading to that destination. So you're speaking a lot about consistency. I have just one question. How does Joe Brickman continue his consistency? Well, the way that I have been able to be consistent in my life boils down to like three things which number one is being honest with myself like only really going after things that i truly truly want i don't like start random side hustles and stuff to try and make a few dollars when the market's hot i really committed to one thing and in committing to that one thing i've decided to just become the best at it and when you decide to become the best at something, it's a very tough ask of yourself because there's always somebody who's trying to do it better than you. And that's with everything in life. So the first thing that I decided when I came back from the army and you know got into real estate was that I am going to become known as the best agent to call in South Florida. 
And South Florida has a lot of like awesome, amazing agents who have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, but nobody does it like me. So that's that's really the the commitment right there that I am going to become the best in my industry and what I do in order to best serve my people, which ties into my second real big thing here, which is the people that I serve, I have a like duty to them to be able to make sure that they are benefiting the most from the relationship that I have with them. And that's both in my personal life and that's also in my business life where my focus before myself is how can I contribute to other people? How can I leave society better than I found it yesterday? How can I do something that today will lay a positive impact and impactful foundation to the future? And by becoming the best at what I'm doing, also being focused on what other people can benefit from and ultimately also being able to like visualize where I want to be is really those three things make it very easy to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, hey, dude, you cannot slack because there are just so many big things that are waiting to happen that I need to do something in order to get it to happen. So even though I'm not feeling it, I still need to get out and and do the moves. So it's basically where what's going on in my head forces me to get out there and do things. And consistency isn't necessarily, you know, doing something because I'm motivated to get out and do it today. Like today I made 125 real estate related phone calls. Did I feel like making any one of those? No. I woke up this morning. I didn't want to get out of my bed and I just wanted to go back to sleep. Like that's literally how I was feeling the whole day today. But my goals came and knocked on my door and were like, hello, you remember where you said that you wanted to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and you decided that in order to be able to accomplish your goals, you have to make 125 real estate related phone calls Monday through Friday, every single week. So if you're not going to do those phone calls today, then your numbers are going to be off and ultimately you're not going to be able to get what you want. And then I have teammates who are relying on me to come and give them updates. And then I have angels who are need to help me with files that need to get updates. Then I have inspections and things that need to happen in my day-to-day life. So not always am I going to feel motivated to get out and to do those things. But because I want to be the best at what I'm doing and because I want to provide the best service to my clients and because I want to become the person that I visualize myself becoming in five years from today, I am going to get out and I'm going to do it, especially when I don't feel like doing it because I know that my future self will thank me. So that was like a really big realization, which took time to process. And then obviously, as I did that, I also would do things to just sabotage my effort to show myself that I wasn't capable. But that's a different story for a different time. But having those things in mind, even when I'm not feeling it, I'm still able to do it. And, you know, having those things to fall back on ultimately is what shows itself in your consistency. If you believe in the things that you write down on your list, then there's no way that you can't get out and do them every single day because otherwise your list is a load of shit.
Yeah, I mean, I totally relate to the 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 fact that you wake up when you wake up and you just don't want to get out of bed. You want to go back to sleep. And I fought that for years. And I mean, I'm still fighting it currently. And I always used to hate it. I used to go, oh, my God, I can't believe that I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. What kind of person doesn't want to get out of bed? And then I just welcomed it. I welcomed the feeling that, you know what? You're right. I don't want to get out of bed. But guess what? I'm going to get out of bed. And I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about this for the rest of the day that I want to stay in bed a little more. Because if I do, that's what's going to be on my mind for the entire day. I'm going to want to just go back to bed, go to sleep, and forget about all my other things that I had to do in that day. And it's about accepting the fact that it happens. It is bound to happen that you're going to be tired and you're going to want to sleep in an extra hour. You woke up. You got out of bed. You did what you got to do in order to make what you got to make. I mean, yeah, but like at the same time, if you're consistently tired every single morning and you don't want to get out of bed, first of all, like you should try to go to sleep an hour earlier. You probably have a little more energy and motivation. And if that doesn't work, then you should probably see a therapist because like there are a lot of reasons as to why you might not want to get out of bed and depression could be one of them anxiety can be one of them i live with depression and i struggle sometimes with anxious feelings and until i learned how to be able to handle them there were days that i didn't want to get up there were days that i didn't want to get out of bed there were days that i didn't want to do anything because i was just scared of what would happen and yeah i mean if it's actually something i mean don't don't feel embarrassed or ashamed to like talk to somebody about it it's totally normal in today's day and age to you know be dealing with something and like food that you eat is also like brain food you know it's very easy in today's day and age to fall susceptible to external influences and different things that can have you feeling not the best especially if you compare yourself to other people that's one of those big things that, you know, people people do a lot. I used to do a lot. And when you shift the focus to, hey, instead of, like, pandering to the feeling that I'm feeling right now, like, I'm feeling tired right now, I'm feeling not motivated right now, I'm feeling like I'm not worth anything right now, like, take that, internalize that. But, like, as soon as you're done internalizing that, say, okay, well, what can I do now to change that? How can I, like, for every problem that like I present myself I can only talk to myself about a problem or talk to other people about a problem if I already have a solution because I mean you don't need to go far to find problems in today's day and age people love complaining and love bitching and love finding reasons to make other people accountable for the most horrendous things in today's day and age but like it's not it's not it's not the the way to be able to grow like it doesn't work like that you know, you, you can't be moving forward if you're allowing yourself to keep looking in your rearview mirror because then you're not looking straight. You're looking behind you. So, yeah, I mean, you wake up one morning and you're not happy. Like, OK, find a reason to be happy. You know, during the day something happens and you're not finding yourself dealing with it. Well, well, then take a break. Like, yeah, life isn't always going to be roses and rainbows. Life is very rarely roses and rainbows. But but at the same time, like, you don't always need the roses and the rainbows. Yeah. So every single episode, we actually ask our guests. I kind of want to switch around the first question we normally ask, which is, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? I want to switch it to a two-parted question, make it a two-parted question, and ask you, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? 
and what's the best advice you've ever given? Hmm. The best advice I've ever gotten was if it doesn't pay you, if it doesn't motivate you, if it doesn't make you happy, and if it doesn't pleasure you, then it doesn't matter. If it's not going to pay your bills, if it's not going to make you happy, if it's not going to make you feel good, then it's not important. And how other people perceive your perception of them is irrelevant. The best advice I have ever given. If you do not want to trade places with the person who is giving you advice, then find somebody else to get advice from. Because if you will not willingly trade places with the current position and the current state of being that that other person is in, then they don't get you. And you are not on the proper wavelength to be receiving advice from them. And if you could recommend three books to all our listeners, what would you recommend and why? Well, the first book I'd recommend is an Amazon best-selling book. It's actually called Fixing Broken. It's the uh, ultimate guide to thriving in the face of adversity. It's a book that was released in February and since February sold close to 1,400 copies. You can grab a copy online and uh, you can message me for an autographed copy. That's the first book I'd recommend. The book is split up into four parts. The first part teaches you how to sort of navigate your mind and figure out what that map is for you that I just discussed on the podcast. And the second part is just giving you a little bit of an introduction as to how society works in terms of employment, in terms of taxes, all that type of stuff that nobody taught you in school. Uh, the third part is just teaching you about money, how money works, how the workforce works, those types of things. The fourth part is really helping you build a road to being able to use those three different things that you've just learned now and consolidate it all into one. And then the fourth part is just building your dream life and going out after everything with some things that I've written in there about myself, how I've been able to get to the state that I am currently in life. The second book that I would recommend is The Subtle Art by Mark Manson. The big thing of that book was that I ultimately, in the beginning, I had thought that I would learn from this book how to not actually care. And from that book, I walked away caring, but caring about the important things and realizing what it is actually important to me that I should actually give about and everything else I don't give about. That was that was one of my favorite reads. And then if you're looking to start like upping your communication skills and just understanding better how to communicate with human beings, I would strongly recommend the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. One of my all-time favorite books. That was one of the first secular books that I read in my dorm room bathroom on a Shabbos afternoon. That was that book that was passed around. And uh, it was a really awesome book. I actually listened to that book at least once a month on Audible, one of my favorite books. And yeah, those are my top three recommendations. Awesome. I really love that. If you were interviewing yourself, what would you ask yourself and what would be the answer? If I was interviewing myself, I would ask myself where I find the confidence to be able to do what I do and to be able to operate the way that I operate. And the answer that I would give myself would be that I find it my duty to serve the people that need to be helped. And it is my duty to accomplish the goals that I have set out for myself. And the goals that I've set out for myself are really big. And the only way to really accomplish those goals is by doing really big things. And not always 
does everybody else do really big things? So when I do really big things, people notice them. It's not that I'm doing anything that's like specifically unique or something that other people can't do. I mean, I am fully aware that every single day there is somebody trying to be better than me. Like openly know that. And I know that because there's someone else who's trying to be better than me, I need to be better than them. Not to where there's like one specific person that I'm looking at who I'm trying to be better than because that's very, very unhealthy. But I'm talking to this figuratively, figurative, figurative person who I know is working harder than me in order to get to where I want to go. So the only way to accomplish what I want to accomplish is, is to outwork them. And, and it's by doing things that other people aren't doing and by working hours that other people don't work and by putting in time, effort, and energy that other people just don't do. So if I need to do something for somebody else, then it's my mission to do it the best way possible. So to some people, they look at that as confidence, but to me, it's it's just purposeful. It's It's motivated. It's calculated. And when you work like that, then it, it just can't be any other way than that. So you have to like learn how to match energy and you have to learn how to level up. And ultimately, when you continue accomplishing things, then you earn the right to be able to do certain things because you've you've put the work in. So when you put the work in, then and it shows then you're able to confidently smile and say, hey, remember that time you said I can't or I couldn't? Well, hey, I, I, I just did. And, and it's a really good feeling. And, and the more you do that, the more you learn to trust yourself. And the more you trust yourself, the more you're able to accomplish. It's sort of like this team, you know, you, you and yourself against everybody else in a world where you want everyone else to win. And and it's 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 a great place to be and sometimes you need to lead the way because not everybody's going to jump out there and say, "Hey, this is how it's done." Cuz people are scared of other people saying, "No, this isn't how it's done." But that's okay cuz there could be more than one way to do things. Just do what works for you. So for someone who's been through so much, I mean, you've been through a lot and you've Thank God it looks like you successfully overcame your challenges that you needed to overcome. And you've just, you've done a lot and you continue doing a lot. What is your primary motivation that's just keeping you going, helping other people, giving over to the community and just being, I guess, you? My primary motivation right now is the person I will be in five years from now, in 10 years from now, in 15, 20 years from now, the, the legacy that... I see myself able to create and that is comprised of service, of helping other people. And that's comprised of just ultimately having a, a very quality life. And that is something that because I have it so broken down and so dialed in, it's really something that I look at to remind myself what it is that I'm actually in the pursuit of how do you realistically look at yourself in like five years down the line i mean how does that help the now when you're looking into the future when you're looking five years down the line you're not looking at yourself now how does that help a now problem well of course i'm not looking at myself in the now if i was looking at myself in the now i wouldn't want to get out of bed i mean it's very easy to look at yourself in the now but like if you don't look at where you are going periodically 
then it's very easy to get confused. So, like, realistically, you want to know how to realistically break it down? Well, five years is how many months? Right. So let's look at it like this, right? Every year is 12 months, okay? So it's, it's 60 months. So if you have 60 months, now you take 60 months and you divide that by weeks, right? Or you times that by weeks, I should say, right? So you have 240 weeks because you times it by four. So you have 240 weeks. That is basically 240 like steps. Every week is another step. You break down every week. So like, let's say the goal is $500,000 in income in the next five years. So it's $100,000 a year, $8,400 and change every single month, which means like $2,200 every single week. So how do you make $2,200 every single week? Now, this is an income goal. I mean, it, it can really be anything, but like in my industry, income is a very big thing. So, you know, if you want to do an income goal, for instance, right, you know, you have to make $2,300 every single week for the next five years, you'll make 500K. What can you do to make $2,300 every single week? So if you make $2,300 every single week, you'll end up with 500K, right? So that's like a long-term goal, which is very, 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 very important because if you're going to break it down to $2,300, it comes up to like $400 a day. So how do you make $400 every single day? And when you figure that out, and you work it consistently for five years, what do you end up with? $500,000. So it's a much bigger picture of things, but like ultimately it, it is very, very important today where you're going to end up in five years. So it's hard. It's a very different, not like socially acceptable method of thinking. Like, where am I going to be in five years? <laughs> Most people don't know where they're going to be next week. And they're like, yeah, I'm not even interested about where I'm going to be in five years. But like, I don't know where I'm going to be next week either. But I know that in five years from now, it's not going to make a difference. So like it's important, but at the same time, like, no, don't just focus on where you're going to be in five years. Don't say, ah, oh, you know, today I'm not going to do this and tomorrow I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that for the next four years because in four and a half years from now, you're going to wake up. You're not going to have anything, but it's just as important, you know, in four and a half years from now, what you did today as what you're doing today is going to matter in four and a half years from now. So it's hard to process and realize and a lot of people aren't interested in committing to that right away. Because like, yeah, I'm 21 or I'm 24, or I'm 26 and there's plenty of time in life. But like the sooner that you commit to that, the sooner you'll be able to like actually start enjoying and having a real quality life because all of those things that you're worried about right now aren't going to be worries anymore because you have spent all of that time working through them. Make sense? So, I mean, you said earlier on the podcast that you were at a certain point struggling with money and all that. How did, what would be the best advice you could give to someone who is struggling with money, has those issues and wants to become successful? What would be the first step that they should be taking to get to that direction? Stop investing. If you don't have money right now, stop investing your money. You don't have money to invest if you don't have thirty, forty thousand dollars in your bank account and all of your expenses can be prepaid for the next six months because investments and short-term like little spikes in wealth is very, very like superficial. And no matter where it's going to be in five years from now or in two years or in 12 months or whenever the next spike is going to be, you are not going to be able to pay your bills. <laughs> so your future gains aren't important if you're bankrupt.
that's the first thing when it comes to actually like okay so now investment stick aside i know i know that you know everybody's talking about gains and investments and 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 different dog breeds as currencies and you know all that all that type of stuff i mean that's dope you know we're gonna do a modern day nft sell it for a million dollars and then show everybody how to make a million dollars in one transaction but like until that happens right like let's be real the best way to start getting your finances in order is to actually document all of your expenses so it, your late night trips to sushi spot your you know late night trips to bowling or whatever it is that you do like those types of things audit those see how much money you're actually spending how much money are you spending going out how much money are you spending on rent how much money are you spending on your car how much money are you spending on everything and then also write down how much money you're actually bringing in every single month the trick to actually having like positive cash flow consistently is by living below your means not spending money you don't have not swiping a credit card if you cannot go tomorrow and pay the bill off. Doing things in a smart way where you're not just thinking, hey, let me do this now and figure out what will happen when the bill comes. Because ultimately when the bill comes and it can't be satisfied, it, it will negatively impact you. So number one financial tip, don't spend money you don't have. Number two financial tip, don't, don't invest your money just quite yet. Unless you have like a boatload of which then call me and I'll help you put it into a property. But other than that, I mean, like, don't don't just go investing your money when you're like super, super young. I know a lot of people will hate me for this and say, oh, what about the stock market? What about the S&P? What about Bitcoin? What about the other coin? What about, you know, what about this? What about that? If you do not have six months of expenses in a separate account. And you don't have like big money where you can afford to actually lose the money that you're playing with, you're gambling with, do not invest. Don't use your buddy's link to sign up for some free shit. Don't go do any of that stuff. Hold your money, write it down, figure out a way to minimize your overhead expenses as much as possible. Build your credit score. If you don't have a credit card right now and you're over the age of 18, I will not say go and apply for a credit card. I will say go to your bank the bank that you have money with and ask them to open up a secured credit card. Tell them, hey, I want to open up a secured credit card. And what they'll do is they'll take like $250 or $500 out of your account and they'll give you like what's the equivalent to a credit card where you'll start paying bills and you can start running charges and trade it just as if it's a credit card and pay it off every single month on time. And it'll start building something called positive credit history. Because if you're 18, 19, 20, 21, and you have three, four years of positive credit history, and then you go and you apply for a credit card, the banks will actually give you and will know that they can trust you to spend money responsibly because you're doing responsible money things. I think that's the most important thing right now. If you do not have a credit card, do not go and apply for a credit card. Open a secured credit card first. Teach yourself healthy credit habits in order to be able to leverage that in your future and don't spend money you don't have. If you go on Instagram right now and you search up, it's the Joe Broken. <laughs> it's the JoJo. I mean, you see this modern day agent, someone who's really successful. It's it's amazing. But what do you want people to perceive you as? Well, funny you mention it because, yeah, social media for a lot of people is like this big highlight reel. You know, it's a very dangerous slope to like get on. I like to look at it as like the diamond back slope, you know, the diamond slope that everybody's got that like only really experienced skiers 
But like the first time that you went skiing, you went and you tried it out. Everybody's tried it out, right? And everyone's got like their experience. Social media is the same exact thing. It's very, very easy to like slip. And when you slip, you can really get lost. You know, when you open up TikTok, that last hour of your day and an hour just goes by. But the question was more about like how I want people to perceive me. So I, I don't really care how people perceive me, quite honestly. Uh, fire beware, you know, enter with caution. There's a lot going on on my social media. I am very transparent. I'm very open. I don't, I don't believe in just sharing the fun and good stuff. I mean, it's dope to be able to post about closings and listings and deals and stuff, but like ultimately it's, it's also really important to keep things real. I want my followers. I want my fans. I want my people to know that I'm human and I am a regular person who's decided to really maximize my potential that's that's who i am as a person and i like to share that because i'm a very big believer that if even one person will see something that i put out there and that it will positively impact them in their life then my mission is done so long as i'm continuously doing things that match that energy i believe i'm doing doing what i'm doing and i'm i'm fulfilling and and chasing after and and accomplishing you know what what my purpose is is really being that positive light to society and sometimes it's in the form of a funny tiktok or you know a a, a quirky video or a reel or something sometimes people disagree with it but that's okay cuz not always is everybody going to agree with me in life and that's totally okay those people are irrelevant to me and to anything that has to do with me. So if you do go and check me out on Instagram or you do go and check me out on Facebook or you do go and check me out on LinkedIn or YouTube or anywhere else you may find me and you see something that you don't necessarily vibe with, I mean, that's that's cool. You know, if you see something that you vibe with, I mean, leave me a comment, like the post let me know that you'd like it because ultimately I, I try to do things that match the energy of my viewers. So if there's something that you want to see, I mean, it's my pleasure to put it out there. But ultimately, it's not important how you perceive me. I am happy with who I am and very comfortable with what I am creating. And, you know, a lot of times like people will come and they'll see something and it'll get them upset. And then they'll end up realizing that like they misperceived everything because they saw one of my videos that like picked up and you know then when I message them it's always like oh you know I misunderstood and and it shows me that people love judging and people love negative and you know what if people want to perceive me as such perceive me as a positive light and a positive force that no matter what sort of negativity or other bullshit comes up I will still smile and I will still gracefully deal with whatever I have to deal with in order to fix it that. Yeah, you can perceive me like that. You can look at me as a as a as a, you know, a mover and a shaker as a guy who gets things done, but also as somebody who actually cares for people and, you know, isn't just one of those like people who is very unapproachable. If you, If you see me and you like what I'm saying here, or you just like me in general, I mean, please come over to me and tell me hello. I'd love to meet you. And yeah, you know, look at me as somebody that you can reach out to should you ever need any sort of guidance, I guess, in anything that I've been through. You can feel free to just scroll through everything I got 
and anything that I can help you with, feel free to message me. I, I yeah, I'd, I'd like to be seen as somebody who's super approachable, but but also I don't care. So so if if you'd like to reach out, I mean, go right ahead. But if not, that's that's okay too. You know, I appreciate you. Thank you for for being you. Well, that's all the time we have today, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on, being here, being yourself, sharing what you shared. Just thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's kind of cool to be able to get on something like this and just be able to talk through it. I mean, like you said, you know, we've known each other for quite quite some time and seeing everything that you're doing is, is really amazing. And I think that what you're doing is really awesome. So keep being you. And I really, really hope to continue listening to more episodes of your podcast, bro. This is awesome. Thank you, man. Make it a great day.